Thank you for choosing the Starkey Multifamily Podcast. I have with me Dan Krizanowski, and he is uh, with RocketDollar.com. So, Dan, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Rocket Dollar is and, and what, you're, uh, what you want to talk about today? Sure, Reed. First, thanks for having me. And Rocket Dollar, our mission is to empower individuals. So, everybody here with us today to tap into your retirement dollars to invest in what you want when you want. So basically there's a very common misconception uh, that folks can't touch their retirement dollars without penalty, or you're, you're limited to say mutual funds with your retirement dollars. Whereas since the 1970s, there has been a suite of products available uh, to every American to once again, really have control of your retirement to invest in private real estate, buy a rental house, a friend's startup, peer-to-peer loans, you name it. So, you know, we consider it this multi-trillion dollar secret uh, with our mission is to just make folks frankly aware. And then if, should it make sense to sign up, it's all of five minutes, quick and easy, no fine print. And, uh, you know, to really take back control of your finance. You covered some good stuff and, and I want to kind of back it to uh, a little bit more simpler thought to start out. You know, I know we all understand what a 401k is or a retirement plan, but I don't know that we all really fully understand what's going on behind the scenes. I think maybe a lot of people may just know it's a place that their mm-hmm. their employer set up and they're putting money. So what is going on behind the scenes? What is a retirement account? Yeah, so with a self-directed account, and I'll preface, um, you know, this is capital S, capital D, not somebody just happened to managing their own 401k, say out of Fidelity. Uh, but, you know, with the checkbook control self-directed account, and this, this is where, uh, you know, we see the future going completely, is that in the background, when you are signing up, uh, what our team is doing, a lot of it is, uh, we'll call it uh, automated at this point, uh, your personal information in a secure way is going through. So we can either set up the appropriate uh, LLC and custodial relationship in the background, or the equivalent of a shadow trust if you're self-employed. So either way, you as an individual are going to have a checkbook backed by your retirement dollars to invest in private assets. So the best analogy I can give is for folks familiar with the health savings account in HSA, it's very similar. If you have an HSA, you're gonna have some, you know, debit card probably backed by a credit union community bank. You need to get surgery, your kid falls, breaks his or her arm. You go to the hospital, you know, if you want to go for manicure, pedicures, whoops, you're below board, you can't do that. Very, very similar here. You receive uh, checkbook control to your retirement dollars to invest in basically anything you want uh, with a few minor exceptions. Uh, But it's really, it's it's tremendously powerful uh, because basically whatever you would want to do as an investor with your, as we'll call it, piggy bank checking account, you can now do with your retirement dollars. So what I want to what I want to do is get uh, a little bit more clarification. Mm-hmm. But the the four hundred one ks that people probably have today, the most listeners are, have, where their their employer is handling it and they're just putting that check in there. Mm-hmm. So how is that process working? So what I want to do is build the story of you know how does what is it currently, and then kind of get into what what you have. So what what does the system work, or how does that work behind the scenes? So once they take the money out of the paycheck. And then, you know, they see a balance going on, but I don't know if they know if everybody fully understands what's going on behind the scenes. 
Yeah, so let's just take a typical employee or probably a lot of us on this call. Uh, you know, it's, I'm middle-aged. It's easy for me because I started my career in 2000, worked for some large companies. And yes, uh, with all of my paycheck, let's just say uh, using round numbers here, $1,000 came out of my paycheck. So that means 1000 less that I received today that was allocated toward my 401k. Uh, a lot of times this is, let's say the company has an arrangement with a Fidelity or a Vanguard and 10 different funds. Most likely $100 is going into each of these funds pre-tax uh, with the presumption that you're going to basically let it sit there for the next you know, 10, 20 plus years until you're in your 60s, until you start withdrawing that uh, with the hope, of course, that it's going to go up uh, or dollar cost averaging as it goes up and down. And of course, when you finally take out either by choice in your 60s or at age 70 and a half, it's gonna be at a high. So in the background, it's a payroll deduction that let's fast forward and say you leave the current company you're at, this is a decision point where one avenue where we are meaning a self-directed account can come in. A lot of times you will have to move this money. So we'll not be able to stay in your current employer's plan because once again, you're no longer a current employee. It will have to be rolled over. So the common term is rollover. Uh, in other instances, it may be a transfer, but in short, uh, you'll receive a notice to move the money. Uh, sometimes it could be as quick as 60 days. A lot of times you can probably, you may be able to keep it at the same provider, once again, like a fidelity, but in a different sort of plan. Other times you may have to move it completely. And from here, you have the option to stay, you know, in an entity where you're very limited to what they offer. So say a few target date funds, or I'd like to say the other side of the rainbow in the wonderful self-directed world where your options um, are literally in the thousands or millions of what you can invest in. Uh, you know, so from this point here, I guess taking the more uh, traditional route, meaning what most folks have done, uh, some folks frankly forget that they have this 401k and it sits in cash. And if you think about this, let's say your first job out of school in the late 90s and you've been sitting on cash for 20 years, you're pretty flat while, you know, the market has generally gone up. Uh, so that's, you know, that's not healthy from a, a numbers perspective. And then secondly, if you would have invested, say, in something like self-storage or something private, while, you know, cash is flat, the stock market's like this, something like storage is almost like a hockey stick in terms of return. So I share that kind of showing the, you know, the delta if somebody takes the extra step to open a self-directed account, which is frankly as easy as opening a checking account, at least how we're concerned at Rocket Dollar, uh, you do have access for a much more diversified portfolio of, of hard assets. So you touched a little bit on it, but um, you know, let's see if you want to add to it. Why would why would somebody and you know why would they want to open or move to a self-directed uh, IRA or four hundred one k? Yeah, you know the thing is, if we were just uh, you know thinking what we do with our, our personal money, so I'd say a fair number of folks listening here uh, may have a, call it a, a family, you know, a rental house that they have somewhere. Uh, it's likely that there's somebody from your college days you always felt good about and you put money in their company or maybe even, hey, the bar restaurant down the street, I'm probably going to go there a lot. I like the owners. I'm going to support them. They're opening a restaurant across the street, a second one. Let, let's, let's throw in five grand. So I share that because what we commonly do with our checking account money to be diversified, uh, we can do in our retirement dollars, but it's almost been... Uh, 
you know, I, I share this with the eye test for those of you that have seen me speak out there is you have this very kind of stagnant, uh, you know, gray mutual fund stock bond. And then over in this world is what you do with your piggy bank checking account money. You have a second house, maybe you bought a Bitcoin, probably a loan to a friend, a lot of quote unquote alternative, uh, you know, investments. We are now empowering you to do that with your retirement dollars uh, in a very simple manner. So basically how you've acted as an individual slash investor, you now can continue to do that with this other pool of money that you were probably unaware you can do. So what type of person would want to get to, would want to do self-directed? So there's obviously people that that's just too much for them. They would rather just hand it over to somebody, mm-hmm. but there is a class of people that this is right for who, who are those people? I love this question because it's not a simple, uh, well, you need to make this much money or you're usually over 50 years old. Uh, It's more of folks that see the, I'd say two things. One is just see the benefit of diversification, uh, meaning that they don't want to be just, as I said, in some target date fund with big Wall Street companies that they they never know, they can never influence. I I would almost argue that's a millennial mindset. It is extremely rare that a millennial is going to, you know, put all their retirement dollars or all their personal investment just blindly in the S&P 500. Um, I don't, you're not seeing that with folks, I'd say younger than us. Uh, Flip side, you know, even folks that are hitting age 60 are pretty close. They, and it's funny, I have some friends that are pilots and they say, wait, wait, I I don't want to stay in the stock market the next 30 years. Let me buy uh, five properties in the Caymans. And they use that million dollars of their retirement or cash out their pension and buy five places in the payment in the Caymans because they're getting this income. So these are kind of two extreme examples. But, uh, you know, I'd say folks that have, you know, either more of a, a rounded view of how their whole life plays out and not thinking of retirement as this thing way out over there or folks that have a particular interest or domain expertise. So what do I mean? Uh, at least for myself personally, I have a lot of my money in self-storage. Some folks here may not have heard of storage or as an investment. Uh, it's because I've been in the space before, so it's my favorite real estate asset class, and I feel very educated because uh, I will invest in properties that I can drive to within two to three hours of my house. And then, of course, I know the team. I did the diligence, and I've also previously invested with these folks with my piggy bank checking account money before. I know there's other folks that heavily follow, uh, you know, some of the crypto markets. Um, you know, would I suggest putting 100% of your money in crypto? No, but, you know, in many ways, one Bitcoin, it's either going to go to zero or maybe up to a million. From a return standpoint, that could be a very fair, you know, 5% allocation. Um, and then finally, I mean, you do get some very versed, uh, you have to have a bit more of a risk appetite, but startup investors, folks kind of at the seed Series A, and some of these, you know, have paid. Some, of course, go to zero. Some have paid off fancy, very fanciful. But I share all this is to say, a lot of us. There's, I think, there's a greater number of folks out there that invest in private assets or alternatives that um, have exhibited this behavior, have put their money out there, and now here's just another pool. And if their mo in life is to have this diversification, there's, in my opinion, no reason why you should not have it. Um, in your retirement dollars. You mentioned a lot of things that you can invest in. Um, what, what are the rules about what you cannot invest in? Yeah, so this is great because the IRS makes it very clear the few things you cannot do. So three things, uh, 
no life insurance, no collectibles like collectible cars, Air Jordans. And then the big one is not yourself or your linear family. So also known as no self-dealing. So what do we mean here is um, you as an individual uh, are disqualified to your IRA, to your retirement account. So is your spouse, children, uh, parents, grandparents, oddly enough, brothers and sisters are not, but be careful not to give them a sweetheart deal. So basically what this means is you cannot buy a house, uh, you know, on the lake, but then stay there on the weekends. Cause once again, you as an individual are disqualified, nor can you invest in say, uh, your son or daughter's startup. Everything else though is in play. I mean, you can buy that lake house and just rent it out all the time. Once again, you cannot stay in it, or, you know, you might feel, uh, you know, just throw out biotech and you want to invest in five biotech startups. That's great. As long as once again, you are your linear family or not uh, directly involved, then, then you're okay. Are there some areas where people get in trouble? So where are the common areas? So when you say the cabin, to me, I wonder if people may say they're going down to check on the cabin and maybe mm -hmm. do repairs. And of course they got to stay there for the week. Uh, does that, you know, where are some gray areas where people are getting in trouble or maybe think they're doing the right thing, but not? Yeah, I mean, the, the nice thing is I, I really feel there's really not much of a gray area, or at least I don't think there ever was in this space. But to be very clear, yeah, I mean, as we said, it's, you know, if you are physically touching the property that you're at, you're crossing the line. It's not really a gray area. You should not be staying there on the weekends. You should not be changing light bulbs. Now, you could, of course, collect the rent payment or pay a property manager that will then do some of the, uh, the hands-on activity, but it, it's, it's pretty clean what you can or can't do. Same deal here is that you have a third cousin uh, with the startup. You can invest with them if your son or daughter wants you to invest. Once again, you're with your IRA. You cannot do that. So, And then a final point, uh, and we at Rocket Dollar are always more conservative with our to be in cannabis. There has not been a federal ruling yet, so we, you know, although ultimately we cannot control what somebody does with the checkbook account. On day one, we do, folks do ask, and we also share this in our knowledge base that we're very clear is that you should not be using your self-directed account for cannabis. So, you know, I feel very good from the standpoint that, you know, we've probably seen at least nine figures of money move through our platform. Uh, and there hasn't been anything that's even one investment that's been in the gray area. I, I think the guidance and the education that we provide up front uh, and then also, you know, of course, I feel a lot of our account holders are, are going to read into this a little bit. There hasn't been any sort of issues, not even in the gray area. So we feel very proud about that at Rocket Dollar. So are you, are you approving each uh, investment? Is that part of the process or? No, we're not. And this is the nice thing about checkbook control. And here's the main reason why not. As I said, most folks uh, in this space, they want to obviously stay above board. The regulations are extremely clear. I go back to my health savings example, whereas we need surgery or one of your children breaks their arms. Great. We go for manicure pedicures. You know, that's below board. You can't do that. The IRS makes it very clear what you cannot do from the standpoint. So we feel, frankly, that, uh, you know, folks are adults. Uh, they get the regulations. We are also, once again, as we're going through these sales and fulfillment, uh, we will share reminders what you can or cannot do. So we ultimately value our clients' time and also their money. And I'll talk about those two parts in a moment. But no, we're not approving every deal because a lot of times what we're seeing is the initial deal is something that the deal sponsor, let's just take real estate. Um, I'll pick on self-storage. Self-storage, 
owner operator, this may be his or her fourth deal. They've already taken 10 self-directed checks. They know they can take self-directed checks. So this is a very vanilla transaction. So as an individual investor, I just want to write this person a check. I don't want to be stuck on the phone with some random third party custodian forever where I'm going to lose an hour. A second example is, and this is for me personally, my buddy flips houses. He's never missed on a payment in 15 years. I feel comfortable. Uh, basically, if he says, hey, Dan, do you have 10,000? Do you have 25 more? Giving him that check for the amount of time that he needs. Now, once again, you know, time and money are, are two most valuable assets, especially time. It makes no sense for him or I to be on the phone for an hour plus with some random third party that has nothing to do with the deal. So, you know, with that, no, we're not... Um, we're not approving, but as I said, you know, once again, for, you know, in the thousands of transactions, we have an investment tracker where folks can list what they've invested in. Uh, so thousands upon thousands of transactions, as I said, everything it's, it's well above in the black and white way away from the gray area. Uh, and I think it's just because of the upfront education and, you know, frankly, how the IRS has made this very clean of what you can or cannot do. So let's say, you know, comparing somebody that maybe has, we'll say $20,000, or is there a, an amount that you really should have before it's worth it? Or, you know, does it make sense at ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000? Or does there a point where it needs to be? Yeah, I mean, in good faith, and I think it depends on your strategy, but in very good faith, if somebody comes and says, I have $10,000 now, even in an old Roth account, or I'm going to open an SDIRA today, and put in 5,000 this year, and then come January, 5,000 for 2020. I, I think that's very fair. Uh, that said, the average account size we usually see is about 100,000, the first tranche coming over. Uh, sometimes, as I said, somebody may say, listen, I have seven grand in an old Roth. I want to get in and out of a bunch of crowdfunding campaigns. You know, that's great. And, uh, but that said, I, I would say, you know, somebody new to the space here in case there was something very specific, especially with our pricing model, you know, very good faith with $10,000. Uh, we'd be happy to open an account for you. So what, um, so then how are the fees structured based on what you have in the account? And, and this is a great question. And once again, this is where we, we made a very conscious decision uh, and partially where we see the world going. So I'll take a little step back. As a self-directed account holder, as an account holder of custodial SDIRAs, uh, A, it took a lot of time, anytime I wanted to do a transaction. Two, there was an annual fee, which was based on the number of transactions I had, and then also the asset size. And then on top of that, God forbid I made a good investment and the asset value went up, I would be paying more next year. So that was my typical experience. Uh, so when we launched Rocket Dollar, a few things. One, as we talked about the checkbook control, we want to empower the individual, respect their time. Secondly, we offer the solo 401k, also known as the individual 401k or EQRP. So for anybody that is self-employed, so particularly realtors, husband, wife team, consultants out there, you have the ability to lower your income by $56,000 a year, a times that by two if you're married, into a solo 401k. So all else equal, if you have the appropriate qualified income, this is the account you probably should be in. So we're offering that in addition to the SDIRA that once again is checkbook control. And then finally, uh, we're at a flat $15 a month. So regardless of asset size or number of transactions. So if you're coming to us with that, you know, 10K in an old Roth or coming to us with a million, uh, as we had one of our customers do 19 investments last year, we're still going to be a flat $15 a month. So, uh, 
you know, best analogies, think of us like Netflix. You want to watch one show, you want to binge, you want to go multiple categories, $15 a month. Uh, another question. So you've got, you know, let's say you've got $100,000 in the account and then I loan out, um, we'll say 60,000 to somebody for whatever mm -hmm. reason. I've got 40,000 sitting in, in the piggy bank checking account. Mm -hmm. um, what, is that earning any money or is it sitting there idle? It depends. I mean, with our partner bank at the moment, uh, with the initial checking account set up, it, it's, it's not. Uh, that said, there's different arrangements we have in the background. Uh, but most folks have an idea what they want to do with their money. Uh, so, for example, you know, some may say, let's just use your example here. I'm putting 60 in, a, you know, this, this startup that I really, my buddy startup, I, I feel good about it. And then the other 40, uh, you know, maybe in a real estate play or they find this, they want to trade in and out of a few stocks. So they're in a, a brokerage account that pays, for example, 2% on their money. So the big thing here is just, once again, whatever you do with your piggy bank checking account, you have the opportunity here. That said, in the future, may we change? Uh, or have other options within our platform. Absolutely. Uh, we're just, as I said, kind of listening to the feedback of what, you know, our first thousand plus customers have, have shared. And that's not as a, the deepest priority at the moment. Okay. And then, uh, so you mentioned earlier, it takes about five minutes to set up. Can you go through that process? So I make the decision today, I want to do it. How does that look? Yeah, so it's pretty simple. Uh, anybody that's signed up for anything online from a checking account, mint.com, it's basically that. So it's personal information, credit card, driver's license. From here, congratulations, you're a Rocket Dollar customer. Uh, you'll receive a welcome to Rocket Dollar email. E sign a few things. A lot of your information you shared internally is pushed along to our partner bank. So they have that in the background. That said, for security, they may reach out one more time. You know, you'll e-sign a few more things or maybe have a very brief phone call with them. And this is all normal, you know, any checking account that you open in the country for any reason. Uh, and then from here, you're up and going. You know, you'll either contribute, uh, just like you would put money into any checking account, or you go back to your, and I'll speak generically here, your fidelity, uh, your current custodian, fill out the rollover or transfer form. And then the money rolls over and then you're up and going. So how hard is that? So the example used Fidelity. So I call them and say, okay, I want to move my money. How easy is that process going to be with them? Yeah, probably, I mean, five minutes. They have a one pager. They they do millions of these a year. I think even as a courtesy, and I have tremendous respect for Fidelity. Uh, I think they may even have a courtesy wire that they'll wire your money out free of charge. So it's, it's quick. It's really quick. Uh, I haven't personally done a transaction probably over a year, meaning moving money with them, but they may even have it set up where you can do this, you know, online by yourself within five minutes where you don't even have to call in. I'm not sure, but that's probably where we should be at if not. Well, awesome. Um, so then just a couple things to finish up with, I would say, so tell us a little bit about, uh, you got a promotional code for us and uh, you know, how they're going to get a hold of you and how they, you know, your website and all that stuff, please. Yeah, that's great. So uh, first of all, folks, thanks for listening today. As a big thank you, uh, should this make sense to move forward, sign up for one of our checkbook control self-directed accounts, enter Starkey, S-T-A-R-K-E-Y-1-9. Uh, for $100 off and to learn more uh, two ways. One, of course, to our website, rocketdollar.com slash Starkey. And then uh, my last name's a bit of a handful. So keep it simple, Dan, D-A-N at rocketdollar.com. 
Perfect. Well, um, yeah, check it out. I think that may be an option and, uh, you know, it seems uh, a lot easier. I, I know that personally uh, I have not switched over and it's, it's been a big fear point, but I mean, I've had money sitting there idle since I, you know, left my job in 2015. So uh, I may have to, may have to dig into that. So I appreciate you taking the time and answering questions for me and I'm sure uh, my listeners uh, have enjoyed that as well. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Reed. Thanks, y'all.